Hey there, folks. Sam Altman is the man behind ChatGPT, but he is no longer the CEO. He's been fired, jump ship to Microsoft, a backer of his former company. So what happens now to the pioneer of consumer AI? I'm Aaron Young. Today we'll find out. Now, streaming right around the world, this is Ticker Today. And it is so great to be with you wherever you are joining us from. Also on Ticker Today, 43% of small businesses are making zero profit. So what is behind this? That's coming up, but first... OpenAI named ex-Twitch boss Emmett Shear as interim CEO, while outgoing chief Sam Altman is moving to Microsoft. It's capped off a tumultuous few days for the startup at the heart of the artificial intelligence boom. Ousted OpenAI boss Sam Altman has a new job. Microsoft chief Satya Nadella says he'll be leading a new advanced AI research team at the Silicon Valley Titan. The news comes after a weekend of confusion over Altman's fate. He was ousted as boss of ChatGPT firm OpenAI on Friday, with the move sending shockwaves through the tech sector. The board of the chatbot maker said he was responsible for a breakdown of communications. But Altman was then spotted at Company HQ in San Francisco on Sunday. That's according to tech publication The Information which says he was invited back by interim CEO Mira Murati. Reuters reported that he was considering a swift return and big changes to the company's governance. Later the same day, the information reported that he definitely would not come back, despite the apparent efforts by executives. It cited a statement by a board director. Instead, Reuters sources say former Twitch boss Emmett Shear is OpenAI's new interim CEO. He co-founded the Amazon-owned video streaming service, but stepped down earlier this year. Microsoft's Nadella said he looked forward to working with Shear and the new leadership team at OpenAI. There is so much that divides them, so it's no surprise the meeting between Joe Biden and Xi Jinping generated immense global interest. For more, we are joined now by David Jang from China Insider. Great to see you. Obviously, we've been talking about the lead up to this. It's now happened. What do you think the main takeaways were from the Biden-Xi summit? Yeah, I think the the Biden administration wanted something really important, which is the military to military communications channel. And that, I think, serves two purposes, which is to, one, hold China accountable for any aggression in the South China Sea and perhaps even across the Taiwan Strait. And the second is to make sure that the both sides can have an open and, I guess, play by the rules set of uh, strategy, where, where before this, it was kind of like after the... Uh, sort of talks were taken from that there was no limit on what China could do uh, without telling the United States. Now, at least there's some level of restrictions. But I question if we really received much on the side of the United States other than empty promises. For example, the fentanyl situation. I know Xi Jinping had previously promised another U.S. president about fentanyl. But over the years since then, we haven't seen much concrete actions on that. Uh, I know China extracted some level of economic relief in terms of uh, lifting sanctions and so on. But I really think that we were just getting a honeymoon phase uh, for the year, basically, between the United States and China. So I'm looking forward to the next global event. Uh, like last year, there was the spy balloon incident uh, yeah. that could, again, shake up the bilateral. 
Talk to us about some of the implications of the summit then for US-China relations. Is the fact that the summit happened at all the best we can really hope for? Because military to military communications is essentially just trying to avoid some sort of hotspot. I mean, the Soviet Union and the United States had a hotline for quite some time trying to avoid that as well. Is the fact that this summit actually occurred the best we can hope for? Yeah, I think this honestly was less about the two sides, uh, more about showing the world that we're not ready for a war with each other, the number one, number two power, superpower. And so I think this is more of a crowd pleaser in the sense that uh, we're just simply saying, oh, we still have more time to between us where we can sort of maintain the relationship before things spiral out of control. Uh, but there's really fundamentally not a lot of things that were solved from this meeting. So I think the expectations were lower uh, especially compared to previous years. And it, we really achieved not much if we just get down to the nitty gritty details. Will it help the economy then? Is that the whole purpose, do you think, to let investors know around the world that things are okay to not expect that there will be a flashpoint between the two superpowers, particularly for China? You and I have been talking in previous weeks about just how difficult things are for the Chinese economy. Will this help? I absolutely think it was the intended purpose from Xi to do that. Unfortunately, though, I don't know if the actual uh, effects will take place simply because now the Chinese economy is purely a political situation. It's no longer an economic question. And that alone can only be solved by Xi Jinping's domestic policies. And so I, I really don't know if there's much the United States can even help. Obviously, China relies on the U.S. for its economy. But at the end of the day, if Xi cannot change China, uh, I don't think there's much, there's outside factors can play into it. And also the global geopolitics and trade in the near future as well. We're seeing the relationship between countries like Australia caught in the middle between China and the United States as the Australian Prime Minister headed to Beijing trying to make those relations better. But then comes this story, I'm not sure if you've seen about a Chinese warship which has put out sonar pulses which could have injured a couple of Australian divers. So just a few weeks after what was seen as a thawing moment, there seems to be more tension between countries like Australia and China at a time where we're trying to fix relations. Is that also what could happen with the United States? Yeah, absolutely, Aaron. You really nailed that because right after the incident, we saw China escalating militarily again with a, with, with a country that is trying to repair the relationship. It just tells us that we really can't trust the current Chinese government to keep up with their promises beyond a few empty words. Uh, I, we really have to wait for concrete actions before we can say that, oh, they, they are keeping their promises. And, and this, this incident with the sonar really reflected that. And uh, I think that's, that's a very important question. All right, David Jang from China Insider in New York. Always appreciate your thoughts and your great work there at China Insider. Thank you. Thank you. 43% of small businesses are making zero profit, while 75% of small business owners take home less than the average wage. It's not what many were expecting. So what is driving this for more? We're joined by Greener founder and CEO Tom Ferrier. Thanks so much for your time joining us there, Tom, from Sydney. Obviously, a lot of people think that small business owners, medium business owners have started a business to become rich, but it is a hard slog, right? Aaron, it is tough. The <laughs> rising cost of running a business is really hitting the, I guess the smaller guys the hardest, whether it be interest rates, labor costs, energy prices went up on the 1st of July and are smashing people. So um, what we're seeing is that it's just so difficult and businesses are looking for any way to save money 
build customer loyalty and are trying to get innovative just to do that. Yeah, very much so. I mean, most people think that business owners are doing really well and that's why they keep going. But there is a story of stress, particularly over the past few years. Um, if you launched a business uh, just before COVID, for example, you've had a roller coaster of a ride try to start up. But if you've been a business which has been severely impacted by shutdowns and lockdowns, and then all of a sudden on top of it, you have inflationary pressures just as you're trying to hire staff who now cost more it's almost this unspoken word. No government seems to be talking about it or taking any action, right? Look, I don't know about the government. I'm not really going to comment on those guys. They do their own thing. But what I do know is that this is the first Christmas trade season where a lot of retailers are actually concerned yeah. because this is the time of year where they make their dollars. This is when they really come out of, um, I guess, this is, this is their opportunity before hibernation in January, February. And the challenge is they just don't know where to turn. They're all giving it their best shot. But right now, there's a lot of concern out there and, uh, and question marks as to what to do. Yeah, it's such a good point, Tom. Uh, we know that a lot of Australian SMBs are cash strapped at the moment. There's a cash flow issue. It's really stretching through the economy, isn't it? Also, time poor, working harder because it's so difficult to work smarter during times like that as well. Talk to us about what you guys are doing at Greener trying to help businesses save money. Look, we've seen this whole cost of living crisis that's smashing the small to medium businesses that's happening right now in the short term. But we've also seen the longer term challenge of the climate crisis. And we've tried to come up with a way to help solve those two problems together. So we've built a platform called Greener for Business that's a free and easy solution that helps businesses save money by getting greener. And they simply sign up to greener.com.au and in under a minute, get their own personalized action plan to get greener across all of the things that we're talking about that are costing more money. Think energy, shipping, vehicles, appliances. We're using the buying power of the two and a half million Aussie small business, uh, two and a half million small to medium businesses in Australia to secure incredible offers on sustainable solutions across their entire business. And these businesses that are taking action are reaping the rewards. Yeah, well, it's really interesting uh, talking about that. A lot of businesses, as we say, are trying to get the combination right at the moment between trying to maintain um, their ability to survive while also trying to be good corporate citizens as well as we talk about sustainability too. We often think that the push towards sustainability is actually a cost as opposed to something that helps. Um, talk to us about your views on that. Look, that used to be the case, but we're seeing that to be one of the biggest myths that we're busting right now with our platform. A lot of people don't realise that you can save considerable sums of money by taking simple action. We've got some really, to join Green for Business, anyone with an ABN can jump in. And just recently, we saw the Village Chef save $15,000 in under five minutes by switching to 100% green power. Cafes, bars and restaurants like Pocket Bar saving $1,000. And these two alone are not just saving $16,000 together, but they're reducing emissions equivalent to taking 70 cars off the road. Coming into peak season, shipping is big for retailers and many are saving up to $3 a parcel with carbon neutral shipping. Yeah, great. Um, and just talk to us about your plans for the business. How long have you guys been operating for? Where are you guys going from here? 
Mate, we're one of those businesses you were talking about at the top of this. We started just before COVID and it has been a challenge, but we've really come out strong. And that's thanks to amazing partnerships with the likes of Sendal for carbon neutral shipping, Origin for green power and appliances online. They're really getting behind this vision and wanting to see us help deliver um, a goal of halving emissions in small to medium business by 2030, which would be the equivalent of taking 25 million cars off the road. Yeah, great. So that's what we're here to do and we can't wait to see it happen. Great. Just quickly, um, just give us an idea of how we can get in touch. Mate, just simply jump on to www.greener.com.au and like I said, in under a minute, you'll be away with the opportunities to start saving money and the planet at the same time. All right, we'll leave it there, Tom. Appreciate your time. Thank you. And that is a program for now. For more, head to tickernews.co. See you soon. You're watching Ticker. We'll have more in just a few minutes. 